Blog Talk Radio. Make it in too deep. I'm in too deep. To my knee in this shit, I'm in too deep. To my knee in this shit, I'm in too deep. Say I'm deep in these streets, I'm in too deep. Oh, oh, oh. Until my need in this shit, I'm in too deep. Until my need in this shit, I'm in too deep. I said I'm deep in these streets, I'm in too deep. Oh, 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 oh. Sitting here talking to my brother about this, that, and the other. Like, is it right that we can't grind? Is it a right way to do the wrong thing? Standing on the outside looking in. The more I push away, the more I pull in. So-called homies don't give a fuck about me. But it wouldn't be the same without me. I used to get good grades. Now I'm in the hood taking fades. I was born and then I was sworn in it. Now I'm in over my head and I can't see the war in Is it for a good cause or all sense? Praying to the Lord and sinning. But is he listening? At night I'm seeing murder in my sleep. Stuck in that thing I'm in too deep. Oh, Until my need in this shit, I'm in too deep. Until my need in this shit, I'm in too deep. Until I'm way too deep, I'm in too deep. I ain't gonna lie, I think I was born in this lifestyle My mom and pop was young and I was living wild Back, back then, you know you getting slipped She didn't want me to bang, but it is what it is At a young age, still never slipping Could've took the right round of sound Started cribbing me and smooth Marley Blue On that block, selling rocks on that block Fuck the cops when it's hot, we got Glocks when it's hot Down the street with my little nigga infant Swear to God, we miss him, all my nigga had with vision My big broke TC bit down since like 04 If it's for real in these streets, I don't know him no more I Gotta keep a strap in these streets They ain't loyal in these streets When you in too deep At nights I can't sleep Swear to God I can't think Ain't never gon' stop Screaming free TC Ay. Too deep I'm my need
shit is getting worse Before it's getting better It's like the people got a curse Can't nobody stay together I watch them get my people down Plus we're killing off each other No, no Ain't no justice for the brothers No, no See the red light behind this car Only thing he digging is This gonna be the end of me See officer, what's the problem? Like every time I turn around, you people always messing with me He said you look suspicious And you fit the description of a call about a robbery Then some more cops came I keep my hands where they can see and I know this can be the end of me They say that We all created equal but nothing but is equal You know that There can never be no justice when killing us illegal Somebody's gotta take a stand Sacrifice to be a man Somebody's got to take a stand Nah, nah, no, no So it's getting worse Before it's getting better It's just the people got a curse Keep the body stay together I want you to get my people down Just be killing off each other No, no Ain't no justice for the brothers And shit is getting worse Before it's getting better It's just the people got a curse Everybody stay together I want you to get my people down Cause we're killing off each other No, 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 no. Ain't no justice for the brothers No, no, no. 4 a.m. in the morning Police banging real hard on my mama front door Screaming open this shit right now You got 20 more seconds before he set his door down Then a handcuff my mama then I hang up my granny, hang up my sister Then some more cops came The crackers tore the whole house up Never even showed a warrant They say that We all created equal But it ain't about a sequel You know that There can never be no justice When killing us is legal Somebody's gotta take a stand To sacrifice and be a man Somebody's gotta take a stand Oh And thank you for tuning in to Love for the Lockdown Radio. This is your girl, Kelly Kim, the boss. You know, today is uh, Sunday, January 22nd, 2017. It's just after 9 p.m. out here on the West Coast. I'm sorry, not out here, but out on the East Coast is 9 p.m. And out here on the West Coast is just after 6 p.m. Um, I want to give a shout-out to everybody that's tuning in, that's on lockdown, that's love and positive vibes and energy to you all. Shout-out to uh, tonight's sponsors, the Beauty Bar and Bookstore, We Ship Books to Prison, Diego to the Bay Magazine, Jamaican Food to You, DC Book Diva Public 
Foundation, the ULR Network, and last but not least, ULR Promotional Service. And boy, oh boy, give God thanks for this beautiful, blessed day. Um, broadcasting live and direct from Los Angeles, California. We've been getting nonstop rain all day long. And for us in California, you know, as California neighbors, we so understand how important it is for rain to reach us on this side of the world, you know. So let's give the Almighty thanks and praises because without him, nothing is possible. You feel what I'm saying? Um, and with all that we got going on in the world today, we got to make sure that we stay prayed up and, you know, try to work on a better us. You know what I'm saying? Take the time to step out of your element, do things that you've probably never done before. You feel me? You only have one life to live. Uh, also, shout out to everybody that's listening in via the Internet. Uh, big ups to everybody that's calling on the switchboard. I see you rocking with us tonight. Uh, remember, if you want to talk to myself or my special guest at any time, you can press number one and we'll bring you in on the line. Speaking of which, my guest tonight, he spent in, about 12 years in and out of prison on drug-related charges. He's from Delaware. He's an author. He's a publisher. He's about to open up a bookstore in a few weeks, so shout out to him for that. Uh, so without further ado, I'm going to bring on my special guest tonight, Mr. Quan Amir Garvin. You're on the line with Callie Kim the Boss. How you doing tonight? I'm doing fine. How are you? Man, I can't complain, man. It's, it's raining out here in Southern California, so it's definitely a, a good day. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know. It's raining over here, too. <laughs> oh, that's what I was going to ask you. Like, what's the weather like over there? That's that's interesting. Rain on this side, rain out there. That's what's up. Yeah. Nothing but God's blessings, you know, especially with all the crazy stuff that's been going on and politics and everything. I'm sure we all need a cleansing, don't we? <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> Man, yes, we do. about that. Man, let me ask you something. Before we jump straight into the interview and all of that, I mean, we got to talk. We've got to talk about, you know, the the current events that's, you know, taking place. Uh, President Obama leaving off the White House and, you know, this Donald Trump guy, um, you know, being elected into presidency. I mean, there's so much emotions going on um, out here in California. What is it like out there? I mean, talk about it. Like, how do you guys feel? What's the, the energy like out there? Crazy, the same way, all over. To everybody trying to figure out how this happened. Now, what what we going to do? You know, this it just the system is weird. I always in the government mm-hmm. system was weird, but how can you elect this man to be president off of all where Hillary had the popularity votes? So, <laughs> <laughs> man, like, you know. Oh God! Yeah. Go ahead. But it's something that they, 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 they've been needing to fix for a long time with these electoral votes and how the whole system is ran. Yeah. It, it, it's just it's a, it's a sad thing to follow up a great right. president with this guy right here. Oh, man. My goodness. I mean, he's talking about, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I seen earlier a, a tweet that he put out that he, he said that anything that you're going to receive from the government, you're going to have to uh, get drug tested for. I mean, I'm like, okay, what is this guy's angle? I mean, you know, this dude is just, he's not, look, you're not trying to better the, the, the you know, America. You're not trying to better yeah. the people. You know, you're trying to str- you're trying to flex your arm and show people what you can do. 
That's exactly what he's trying to do. This is so people what he could do. And then he's you, see a, a leader not supposed to be emotional. He's too emotional for me. He gets oh in his bag. He goes. He goes right to Twitter. Straight up, straight up. He can't, he can't take no criticism from anybody. He don't look. This dude is unfit, totally, to be the president of a company, the president of the United States. I mean, he's just he's not fit because his his personality. Now he could be a good businessman behind the scenes all he wants, but I'm just right. you know I'm I'm just I'm unsure. I'm unsure. You know I don't want to just. I guess past judgment because of the fact that, you know, he seems to be very racist. He seems to be very sexist. He seems to be everything that we uh, stand against, you know. Um, I, I, You know, I, I say, okay, we, we, we're forced to deal with the situation, right? There's nothing we can do, right, but sit back and watch. But it's like it's hard. It's like a hard pill to swallow when this dude, every, every chance he gets, he's insulting someone. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. He doesn't know what to say out of his mouth. He just go. He, I just don't understand it. And then, and then for America to put a racist up there, and and for him to elect his whole cabinet, it's racist. They all racist. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's like one of them. Mhm. They're all racist. So it's like we're doomed. His emotions going to wind up leading us into war. That's why yeah, I think yeah. some of the people let him let him become the president. Because it's money, but it's money that they know he's going to lead us right into war. Watch. Yeah. yeah. If he don't don't know what he's doing, yeah, he's going to step on the wrong toes, and it's going to be, you know, very bad for us. We're we're always the ones that suffer the repercussions, you know. Yeah. Um, It's it's terrible. It's, It's a terrible thing. So, like I always tell my friends and my family, just continue to really in real life stay prayed up, be prayed up. Uh, uh, and 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 try to figure out a way to uh, rise above what's about to happen because this is you know he people think that oh he's just talking about immigration and this don't affect us are you kidding me this dude has a plan and see I watch a lot of world news I don't just watch the 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 local news I watch a lot of the world news and you know it, it's it's this this thing is about to get really really ugly so. Uh, shout out to everybody yeah. that's listening in and everybody that's just tuning in. I see you guys on the switchboard. Uh, uh, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to Callie Kim. My special guest tonight is Cornell Amir Garvin. Um, we're talking about politics right now, but we're about to go straight into our interview. Um, man, I you know I've seen you around on Facebook for a while. I remember um, when we. First became friends on Facebook, but never really, you know, could uh, put a personality behind the the picture. So I'm glad to have you on the show tonight. I appreciate you coming on and rocking with us. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate being on here. Yeah, so why don't you uh, tell everybody that's listening in, especially our new callers, uh, where you're calling from and where you're, you know, where you're from. I'm calling from Wilmington, Delaware. This is where I'm from for for pretty much most of my life. My younger life, I was um, living in New Jersey. I was raised up there, and then I came down here to live with my dad. So I've been here ever since I was about 13, 14. Okay. Okay, that's what's up. That's what's up. All right. And um, 
I want to give a, a special shout out to everybody that's listening in from Delaware. I've seen you guys on the switchboard. Uh, you told us that the weather is pretty rainy out there right now. Um, what's the weather been like that? Out, it's been like that uh, the whole week, or it's been kind of shifty. Because that's what it's been like out here. Yeah, it's been like this pretty, pretty all weekend. I think Friday really? was okay. It was better raining, but yeah, these past few days it's been raining, off and on, okay. misty, cloudy. Yeah, okay. so I'd rather I'd rather have the rain than the snow, though. Okay, I'm not, I can't. Okay. I don't like the snow. <laughs> I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. Okay, so let's take our our listeners on a journey, you know, with you by starting from the beginning. You know, sharing with us, you know, what your life was like growing up in Delaware. My life was um, and my my dad was when I lived with my dad. He was an addict, so it was really like. I had to take care of myself. Um, so I was just, when I got here, it was it was like, okay, well, my dad he tried his best. You know, I don't really fault him because mm-hmm. he tried his best. He was caught up. He was caught up in his addiction and, and he was an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. You know, so he couldn't really provide for me. So I had to learn how to provide for myself. Mm-hmm. So I wind up hitting. This, I wind up getting into the streets. And I say I got here about thirteen, fourteen, and then I started getting locked up. Around 17, but I didn't see the. Ju- I never went to juvenile institution. It was okay. it was around 18 when they when they started to see no. When the juvenile, I was just turned 18, but I was already on probation for juvenile. And they was like, we just going to send you to the adult system. That's yeah. when then I caught another case. So I started picking up a whole bunch of cases, and then I just went on a run. So I was about 19. Then I that's when I went to jail for my first time. From basically from 19 to. Thirty-two. I was in and out of jail. Mm-hmm. Out of jail. Yeah. So, so I really I, spent I, a lot I, of my time in jail. I I see that you said that you spent about twelve years in and out of prison, and was most of them, um, you know, for drug-related offenses, or was it like a combination yeah, of different things? It was most of them was for drugs, and I think the drugs and two of them, two of my cases was for drugs and guns. Okay. Two of them was for the drugs and guns, but most of them was for drugs, drug dealing, trafficking, and things of that like that. Okay. So, like, when was the first time you went and spent, like, I guess, you know, your first bid after, you know, being uh, in and out of, you know, the jail system? When was the time you went and spent, you know, a little stretch? The first time I did a little stretch? My mm-hmm. first, to me, the first time I, that first year, I didn't really count. I don't really count that year, like, like a lot. It was only like eight months. And my first record, I did that four years. This was in 2001. I had, I got, um, I had picked up a trafficking heroin charge. So I was oh. around 21. Mm-hmm. But at that, at that, I was young. So I did my first stretch, and they sent me down to the um, state penitentiary here in Smyrna. So mm-hmm. I was down there, but I was young, so I'm, I'm around people who's doing double life, 200 mm-hmm. years. But I, wow. that, that didn't phase me. It was like, I'm going home to do the same thing. I'm only doing <laughs> four years. I'm going home to do the same thing. Like I, I'm 21. You know, it was, I, I wasn't yet ready to change or mm-hmm. try to change. Okay, so what was, what was it like? Like, you know, normally when, um, you know, people 
find themselves in prison, you know, doing, especially doing more than one year. You know, they tell themselves and their family and everybody that, you know, this is it. I'm going to get my shit together. I'm not coming back in here. I mean, like, you made up your mind to to basically hit the streets running when you got out. You know, what 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 was your situation like in there? I mean, like, what was the energy like? I mean, in there, um, that that's that penitentiary, that that's that prison was like, it was physical. That one was different from the other jails that I did in North. Cause that's that was in the lower state. That one was it was basically like being home. Only difference was there wasn't no females. It was weed, there was mm. liquor, it was cash money, you know, like, <laughs> not, you wasn't supposed to have none of this stuff, you know, right. however, but it was like the same thing of being in, on the streets was like being in, it was like in there. The only difference is you just had a lot of homosexuality going on. Ooh. That was, that was the only difference. Now, you, you speak of homosexuality in there, and, you know, we, we all know that uh, prisons have that, especially when, you know, you got a lot of dudes spending a lot of time in there. And, you know, a lot of them call it off as uh, just, you know, because they can't do any better and they're being lonely or whatever. Like, I mean, for real, for real, I think if you have those type of intentions, you just fucking fun regardless. You know what I mean? Like yeah. how 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 was it like out there in terms of that? Did you see a lot of gangster niggas or hardcore type of dudes, you know, bitching down or was it like just yeah. bags, you know, being in there fucking? They was gay. What was that like? They, niggas it like was, that gay? It, it was some it was some it it was some like okay, there were some predators down there that would try to rape you if that's if you like Put your, if you seem like you were scared, you know what I'm saying? But if you stayed in your own lane, that wouldn't have, that don't happen, you know? Um, but there was some, there was these gang, there was a gang. Cause this, this was the, my first time in the state penitentiary at a young age, so I, I seen a lot of stuff that was, like, uh-huh. new to me. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to tell you a story. There's one story, right? I, I, had, um, I was on one unit, one, one tier, whereas, though, you know, we, we, in, this, in, this, in this building, it was like 400 people. It was like different tiers, but we had, we was open, like, like we had keys to our, our cells. So we could always move around. So the one guy. Wait a was minute, on, wait a minute. Y'all had keys to your cells? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, it, it was a working building. So everybody that was there was there to work. So oh, it was like the most okay. privileged. Yeah, but you couldn't get nowhere. Like we in the middle of nowhere. We're not like, yeah, we, we had keys where we could get, we could go in and out of our own. Ourselves, because like they were doors. Mm-hmm. So there was this one guy from downstate. I thought he was a gangster. I thought he was a thug on that unit. Mm-hmm. So we get moved to the singles. I get moved to a single cell once I got my job, and he was on the same tier. So at, at the time, I didn't have my TV. So he was like, I know him from the other tier. He was like, Yo, you could come and watch. It's when Training Day first came out, but it, it, it uh-huh. had came to DVD. So he uh-huh. was like, they was playing Training Day for, as the as the um, movie. So he was like, yo, you come down here and watch it. So I'm like, all right, cool. I go down there to watch it. When they called dinner, I slide out to go to the dinner. My my peoples pulled me to the side, and was like, yo, my man, like, like he was like, ah, right, don't go, don't go, don't go in there and watch that movie. Like, you might watch watch the movie. <laughs> you can watch it here, like, homeboy gay. I said, what? 
He said, yeah, homeboy, he might try to get you. I said, oh, hell no. I, from that point on, it was like, no. You know what I'm saying? Wow, I, 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 I even pull stopped talking. <laughs> yeah. I was like, listen, that's, that's not happening, homie. Like, we not doing that. You know what I'm saying? So, and then I started, that's what made me realize. Then once he told me that, I started walking around the yard and I started seeing boy with the gay people. I'm like, oh, he's a homeless thug. Like, he, you know what I'm saying? Like, how he going to be gangster? I said, oh, no. But that's that question. That everything that I. <laughs> yeah, that I said, is, no that's, more. that's crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, it, it it happens. You hear about it everywhere, you know, in every single prison. So, um, yeah, yeah it's, it's a way of life for a lot of people. But um, yeah, let's uh, let's talk about um, you know, uh, basically your 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 works, your writing works. Like I, I noticed that you you know have a uh, a few books out. You have two books out. Um, when did you start writing? Like, did your writing career start when you were locked up, or was it something that you were doing be- prior, before you know spending time in jail? No, it was um, it started when I when I was incarcerated. I was doing my second four years, and while I was waiting to go to trial, and I was um, I had a friend of mine on the pot on the unit with me, and he was he wrote some some stories, so he asked me to read a couple of his stories, and I was like, yo, this is good, like I could do this, you know. And at the time, I was facing a, a, a significant amount of time, so okay. it was like, man, I'm I'm, I'm waiting for trial. So I'm like, man, I need something to take my mind away. So I started writing. I said, if he could do this, I could do this. So let me see if I could try it. Let me let me try right. this out. So I just went and started buying. I started buying a whole bunch of paper from commissary, and I started writing. So when I wrote the, my first book, I wrote was called Death Before This Honor, and so I passed it around let a couple of people read it. They liked it, mm-hmm. but there was a Philly boy that was on a unit with me, and he was writing. Too. So uh-huh. he wrote. He read it. He was like, "Man, you could do better than this." And I'm a type like I'm a. I like to. I like. I like my work to be. If one person tell me they don't like it, I'm going back to the paint, going back in the grind <laughs> mode to redo it. Uh-huh. So when he told me that, I went back and that's when I wrote a hustler by nature. And he was. Oh. That's when it was like everybody was like, "Yo, you should put. You should print this. You should print this." People was reading it on a unit, and one person actually went home. He read it. Went home. And told my uncle, he was like, "Yo, like the book is good." So it's like mm-hmm. I called home, and he, he and my uncle was like, "Yo, I heard you in there. You wrote something real good." I said, "Well, damn, how you hear that?" So when he told me, I was like, "Oh, okay." So people was going home telling my family members like about a hustler by nature before it was even printed, well, before we even thought about doing it. So I said, "Man, this is okay. something we need to do to try to change my life." That's what's up. That's what's up. That lets you know that uh, you wasn't just uh, in vain. You know, people can feel your story. That's definitely one of uh, the best accolades in a in a in a writer's life is when you can get people to relate to your mu- you know not just your music but uh, your 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 books and your novels and stuff. You know, so. That's definitely mm-hmm. a great feeling. I want to give a special shout-out to everybody that's listening in. If you're just tuning in, this is Callie Kim, the boss, with Cornel Amir Garvin. Um, this is Love for the Lockdown Radio. Shout-out to Jane Pinella. 
uh, Kenya Rivers. I see you guys on the switchboard hanging out with us. Enough uh, love to you all. Um, yeah, you guys are listening to me and Cornell Amir. You know, we over here chopping it up about prison, so you know how to do. If you guys want to join the conversation, press number one. We're here. So, um, yeah, you know, that's what's up. So you, you basically you, you uh, published uh, the, the second book that you wrote. You didn't publish the first book that you wrote? No, I didn't publish um Death Before the Honor. I um mm-hmm. I'm actually thinking about going back and rewriting it and then letting okay. it out. Okay. So and I'm I'm gonna change the title because I think somebody already has that title. I'm gonna change the title okay. also. Okay. So I got a bunch of stories that I wrote that's already ready. I just gotta type them up and let so let go. me ask you, um, did you did you uh go to a traditional publishing company to get your books published? Or did you publish it on your own? How did that work out? No, um, me and my uncle has came in. When I came home, me and my uncle came together and we started um, a publishing company called Garvin and Garvin Publishing, and okay. we just put it out, put it out ourselves. So it, okay. it's a journey, you know, doing it self-publishing and being in, being you know independent. But it's said that right. I don't like having a boss, mm-hmm. so I'm all, I like you know I'm my own boss. So I can't. I don't like nobody putting no deadlines on me. I work okay. when I want to work or how I. You know what I'm saying? Like I got my own, my own lane. So I want to try to stay in that and do how right. do it the way I want to do it. All right, I don't let's want talk about me, that. Oh, you need to do this. All right, let's talk about that because you know we got a lot of people listening in right now that's calling in from the belly of the beast or just listening in. Uh, via the internet, I see a few on the switchboard. Uh, some of which, you know, are interested in becoming, um, you know, authors themselves. You know, they got works that they would like to to put out there. Like, do you have any encouraging words to people, um, you know, that are locked up that are inspiring to uh, put some work out? Yeah, I mean, you know, for everybody, they inspire. Put their heart all into it. Put their heart into it. Like I always tell people, man. Right, like your life depends on it. When we locked up, we this is this is what we write for, you know what I'm saying? Because our lives do depend mm-hmm. on it. You know, like we we depend on writing. Like I know people that wrote books that um may never see the streets again, mm-hmm. and this is how they make this is how they make their money. You got some, mm-hmm. and then you got people that write that's in jail that writes, and they try and change their life. So put your heart into it. Right and 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 study the and study it because also while I was incarcerated, I was reading books on the publishing game, on mm-hmm. self publishing, on traditional publishing, you know. So I wouldn't be dumb when I jump into this type this industry. Okay. So I, I, I tell them, you know, they just put their heart and study it. Don't you know? What I'm saying take the advice that people give you, but also research. Right. Research it. That way right. they won't be blind. Right. So let me ask you, what was, you know, um, since you stepped out and, you know, published your your books, what has the game been like for you? Have you been uh, successful in terms of a lot of book sales? Are you more of an e-book publisher or do you have paperbacks on deck as well? I have, um, okay, one, it's been a struggle. This is not no overnight success. Mm-hmm. I had to learn that the hard way. No matter how good my book is, it's not a it's not an overnight success. 
It takes right. time. It takes readers to want to um, to want to buy your book. So I had to learn mm-hmm. how to brand myself. You know, it's different mm-hmm. from like the streets, but it's also like the right. same as the streets. You know, you got to put work in. It's been a struggle, but it's been a um a learning process at the same time, and I love it. You know, like I haven't seen my pro- I haven't made my profit back yet. I haven't my made my profit, but it was told to me mm-hmm. that you know um a good dear friend of mine now, and I look at her like an older sister. She told me she was like, I mean, you're really not gonna make no money until your second and third book. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're going to just keep on kicking out money. So mm-hmm. that's what it's always been. I've been kicking out money, kicking out money, kicking out money, mm-hmm. and not really seeing a profit yet. However, but I still love it. I know, you know, right. the hard work is going to pay off. But as far as the ebooks and paperbacks, I have ebooks, but I don't know the ebook game. I haven't really, know, you know, what I'm saying, I haven't really learned that game yet. So I don't, I don't really know how to push ebooks like that. Paperbacks is my love because I could go to the streets, I could meet the readers, you know, mm-hmm. I could talk to them about the book, I could push the book that way. And honestly, to me, paperbacks is more profit, whereas though right. with the ebooks. I'm only seeing a certain amount of percentage, but with paperbacks, if I spend two, three dollars to print up thousand copies, but I sell them at fifteen dollars, the markup is better than the drug game. Wow, the, the, and that's the good numbers. Is, think, I mean, yeah. think of think of it like that. I mean, if you could really spend what three bucks on a book and then turn around and spend and 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 make a profit, that's more than tripling your money. Yeah, you know. That's more than tripling your money. It's like, you know, it's like the dope game in so many ways. And I try to tell people that all the time. Like, look at it like this. You you know, you have to invest in yourself. You cannot expect, you know, uh, to make any type of money in the industry if you're not investing in yourself. Because if you go and sign your life away to a traditional publishing company and only get 10%, you know, on the net sales of, of your books, you know, I mean, it is what it is. You know, you may get a name and you may, you know, uh, gain, a, a, you know, uh, some readership, but really and truly you're not really making money. You know, you have to figure out how any in any industry that you step into, you have to figure it out, do your research, learn about it, be interested enough to be able to, you know, work it out so that you can make yeah. money. You know, it's, I tell people all the time, like, you know, your book, the the life of your book depends on you. You know, you publish a book today, you can sell that book for years to come if you know how to brand yourself and you know how to keep yourself relevant. You know what I mean? Right, right. That's how I that's that's how I, I take it. You know, it took me three years to um to publish my second book. And it, and that's only on and it's only on ebook right now, you know, until about another month or so when I'll go ahead and send it to print. It, it, it's, it's, I, I always try to be more, you know, in the mix with all the readers, readers that I don't know, so I can be relevant, so they can know my mm-hmm. name, so everybody can know who mm-hmm. I am. Because, like you said, like you said, it's branding yourself. As, as an author, you have to brand yourself, just like as a, or a rapper or a magician. Mugis- right. You have to brand yourself, like Jay Z said. He he is a businessman. Like he literally is a business. His name is right. a business. He makes money off of his name. So if you can learn, as an author, if we can learn how to make our name profitable and make the readers love who we are, they're going to love our work. And then if we come with something that's not as mediocre, they're going to forgive us because they know 
prior to that, we done dropped fire. They love us, mm-hmm. personality. They got to really mm-hmm. meet, meet us. You know, that's why I love the paperback game. You can't do that with e-books. I can't sign a yeah. person e-books. I can't say, yo, you know, thank you for support, and here you go. Right there in front of them, I can't do that. So, right. I, you know, it's getting out there It's getting out there and branding yourself, making a name. Because you got, first and foremost, you do it for the love. You do it for the mm-hmm. love of writing and love what you're doing. Like, I love to do this because not only because I love to write and tell a story, but also people look at me and they be inspired. People in my neighborhood, they, they, they aspire, I inspire them. I have people mm-hmm. come home talking about they ready from jail because I'm talking about, yo, I'm trying, I'm trying to put this book out. I'm trying to put this book out. What's going like, help me mm-hmm. out so I give them some advice. And this is what they do. They, they, they aspire to do that. That's the first, mm-hmm. that's the love of doing it. Secondly, it's always about the money. If somebody say they ain't doing it for the money, then I don't know. That, you know. That's bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So everything's yeah. evolved around money. You know, so we have right. to, you have to because, want to be one yeah, of the at the end dollar. of the day, yeah, anything that you're doing, I mean, if you're not able to make some money off of it, it's primarily uh, wasting your time, you know, but there is a lot of things that you'll be doing that you probably or necessarily won't get paid for in the process, but it's worth the, the hard work because you'll get paid later on in the end, you know what I mean? Like right. your book, your hard work with writing your book, you know, nobody's paying you to write that book when you put it out there. Nobody's paying you to sell those books. you got to pay yourself. So, you know, once you figure it out, figure out the formula, keep books, make sure that you always have books and have the will to sell the book, you'll make money. I mean, like I remember I, I published my first book, uh, in 2011. I still have, I always have paperbacks because I always talk. I'm always talking. I'm always telling people what I'm doing. That's my way of opening up a, a potential self. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. And when you do that, you always leave room to make be able to make a couple of dollars. You you might not be able to make, you know, a couple of grand in one day or something, but you never know. You might be able to make a couple of hundred dollars just standing up and talking to people because you have something to offer to people and you have a story to tell. You know what I mean? Right, right. And that that's true, you you know that's so true because people always want to read. You know, people always want to read. They always want to come in, especially when they you when you right there, and you could bust it up with them, and they can see your character. They'll buy the book and support. I have people Straight tell up. me that I don't even. I, I have people tell me, yo, I don't even read hood books. I don't even read street literature. You know, but they bought my book by sitting there having a conversation with me. Mm-hmm. It's for support. Mm-hmm. It's for support, yeah. you know. And, and then when you, they know where you come from, like we come from the streets, and we come from being incarcerated, and we trying to make a better life. A lot of people will support that. They'll support it, and I even shocked a few of them because a few of them hit me and was like, "Yo, I don't even read street literature, but I read your book and I and I loved it." Wow! I was like, "Wow, thank you." Yeah, that's that's definitely um, inspiration to a lot of people, you know, and shout out to everybody that's listening in, um, that's just tuning in, that's calling from behind the walls, you know. Um, You know, if you have aspirations to be a writer, pick up the pen and the paper, you know, start, you know, um, have motivation, you know, because you could definitely, you could definitely do it, you know, uh, take it from somebody like Cornell that, you know, been in the position that you're in right now, you know, locked up, 
with a with a dream to become a writer and to be able to put your book out there and actually start, you know, getting your book into the reader's hands. You know, keep the faith. It can happen for you. You just got to keep pushing. You know what I mean? Yeah, you know what's one of the, so, um, the most touching things to me that I love about it, right, is like a, a year, like two years ago, um, I had got received a letter from an inmate in Jersey, out of Jersey. I can't remember what prison he was from, but he was telling me how he loved my book. He was like, yo, I felt like you was telling the whole story of what I went through and what I lived. And that right there touched me. I was like, wow. You know, to hear that. And I hear it, and I just heard it from another person um, not too long ago on my Facebook page. Now, he told me, he was like, yo, like, I support you. I mean, like, you, he was like, you wrote the book, and it made me feel like you read my, my, my federal documents. Like, you told my whole wow. story. Wow. Well, and I know this man book? from what, McCann what, and Payne. Which, which, which book is this? This is A Hustler by Nature. My talk first about that one book. That What's came. that book about? Um, it's about a young man named Keyshawn Jackson. He came up in the streets. Um, his Both of his parents were drug dealers. They were drug – they actually was kingpins. They had got money. His dad was incarcerated in the beginning of in the book. I'm gonna write a actually I'm gonna write a prequel about his mom and dad. Maybe not this year, but next year. I'm gonna write uh-huh. that. And it's about his mom. His mom was schooling him to the game, teaching him the game. She didn't want him to, to hustle. But if anything, she taught him how to survive. And he mm-hmm. and he was a basketball star as an um early age, but then he wound up losing his parents. Both of them to the streets. So now he uh-huh. has to figure out and learn how to you know, learn how to survive and take care of him and his grandmother and his family. You know, because his family is not just him; it's his friends too. Right. So he sure takes he takes on the role of what his what his mom taught him, and it takes it takes it from the ground when he first starts hustling until later on. You know, and it it is a lot of action in there. It's a lot of drama, but at the end of the day, I also try to I also put messages in there. Mm-hmm. How like one message for sure is like how every uh, your decisions will affect others around you. True, true. That's so true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's basically about that. Then part two is a hustle by nature. Two friend of foe. It just picks off. It, it picks up where part one ends, and it keeps, oh, continues okay. the story. Okay. Yeah, so, let me let me ask you something, um, Cornell. Do, are you comfortable with me calling you Cornell or Amir? Which one do you prefer? It, it doesn't matter. You can call me Cornell. You can call me Amir. Most of my friends call me Amir. Okay, okay. Let me ask you something. Um, you know, I know that you published your own books. Are you open to or are you uh, publishing books for others? Um, I am open to it, and I, and I am going to publish um other people's books, um, I just have to put myself in the position to okay. be able to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm I'm helping a friend of mine. I'm not publishing his book, but I'm helping my friend of mine. He's like a real close friend, like a brother to me. Mm-hmm. I'm helping him get his publishing company up and going and getting him, you know, his book out there. And actually right. his first book, his first book is really a, is a, um, is a bio of his life. It's a true okay. story. So he 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 wanted to put out his true story first so that the readers mm-hmm. can understand him 
when he dropped mm-hmm. his fiction stories. Okay, that's a smart angle. Yeah, yes, it is. Yeah, and so, his own his book should be out on ebook. I'm not sure because he gotta give me another date. But I'm, and my platform is his plat is his platform. And anybody okay. else that I work with that wants to do their own publishing company and stuff like that, my platform is their platform. I'm helping anybody, especially yeah, anybody that, that that wants to change or do their life, do it something different. Especially they come from where I come from, or even if they didn't come from where I come from, but they want to, they love what they're doing, they love this. Um, my mm-hmm. platform is their platform. That's what's up, man. That's what's up. Not too many people like you. You know, most people, as you know, especially in this literary industry, most people are like vultures. You know, they prey on the, the people that have less experience in the industry and uh, try to find a way to profit in the worst way. So shout out to you for, for that, you know, giving people opportunities to spread their wings, you know. Um, let's talk about your bookstore. Now, I know that you have a bookstore that you're about to open up within the next few weeks. Let's talk about that bookstore. Let's put some, you know, some energy to that, let the people know where this bookstore is about to open up, and what are you catering to? Okay. Um. Well, my bookstore is me, me and my brother. We're opening up our own bookstore. It's called Urban Ilum. Ilum is mm-hmm. an Arabic word that means knowledge. And we're and the store is a bookstore slash Islamic store. So it's like a um, Islamic store where we got oils. We're gonna have like the oils, the Islamic garments, Islamic books, but we also have us. We also have. Half of the store is that, and the other half of the store is um, urban literature. And I'm, mm-hmm. we're featuring, it's not a lot of space. I don't have a lot of space for a lot of titles. However, I'm going to carry a lot of titles, or if a customer or reader comes and they want a certain title, if I don't have it, I want to be able to get it for them. I want them to be okay. able to know that I can get that book for them. They'll have it within a few days or a week or two. You know, and this and stuff like that. And I also want to carry old books, old classics from back when urban fiction started. You know, that may not be, may you can't find everywhere right now. It's hard; they are they are hard to find, but people still want to buy them. Okay, that's right. That's right. You know, um, a lot of people, especially new readers, you know, uh, that are not familiar with the old, you know, Terry Woods books, the Vicky Stringer books, you know, those old classics, you know, man, yeah. those those books, if you could get your hands on those books and sell those books, trust me, you'll be introducing, you know, straight knowledge to a lot of people that don't know about it, you know, and open up that that whole market because a lot of people don't know. Like, I'm telling you, like, I opened up a bookstore back in 2014 out, in, out here in Los Angeles. And okay. I had a lot of books, a lot of books from uh, from back east, you know. Um, and they were old books, old books to me because I had read them already. But when I put them right. on the bookshelves, I was surprised to see that a lot of people didn't even know those books. And they were going like crazy because, you know, I could tell them all about it, you know what I mean? And, right. um, you know, they read it and then they want to carry on to the next book from that author. So, that's definitely a good thing, you know, as well as having your books on the show, you know, because you can always sell your books no matter what. Yeah, yeah. And I wanted to be, you know, I wanted, I wanted to be 
and and to be honest, like my bookstore is in the hood. I'm right there, okay. smack. I'm in the heart of the hood. It goes down right there. Um, but okay. I did it. We 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 decided to put it there because it's a it's, it's going to be like an inspiration to those out there. You know, uh-huh. they all know us from when we was in in, in the streets, so they know uh-huh. who we are. You know, so if they could see that we're trying to better ourselves, we're trying to establish something different, uh-huh. and we're trying to do different things, then they could turn themselves around and do different things. Especially a lot of yeah. them out there that, that I've, I've been incarcerated with, you know, because a lot of them out there I was incarcerated with. So if they could see, oh, Amir is doing this, Amir is doing that, he got a book out, he got the store out, you know, he's trying to do something better. They, they could be inspired to do the same thing and what they love. Mhm. That's true. Mm-hmm. That's true. And for the kids. So. And for, um, no, go ahead. Not to cut you up, but uh, and for the children, and for the kids. Cause I, one of the ones things I was telling my bro, I was like, man, I, I, I want this to be, I want us to be something that the kids can see and be like, okay, well, we don't have to be drug dealers or rappers or sports players just to make it up mm-hmm. out of here. We could go, we could write books, we could open up businesses, we could do real estate, we could do whatever we want to do. I yep. want the kids that have that, the, the youth, for the youth also, man. Especially for the youth, it ain't for nobody else. The youth is where it needs, where it needs to be all drilled, and, and I mean they need to see it uh-huh. to believe it. Mm-hmm. I feel yep. like they really and, need and to see you're it. You're basically it. you're basically showing them that you need to uh, depend on self, do for self. You know, you you showing them and illustrating to them that, you know, you can do this. If I could do this, you could do this. Anybody can open up a business, but it just takes the the the, the willpower to uh, get past the fear. Because there's always yeah. fear when you're you're doing something that you, especially if you've never done it before. You know, you're you're jumping out on faith and you're doing something that you've never done before. It's quite scary, you know. But once you get past that and you know you start moving and and, and making moves, it's the the best feeling, and you know that because you're about to open up your store in a few weeks, right? Yes, yeah. it's a beautiful feeling, and the store is something that I wanted to do before I even started writing. I always okay. wanted to open up a store. So for me to open up a, I always wanted to open up an Islamic store. So for me to open up an Islamic store slash bookstore, mm-hmm. two of my love, two things that I love the most, this mm-hmm. is like, this is, I'm talking about, I'm talking about, I said, yo, I might, volunteers going to be grand, grand opening. Wow. Because it's been in the making for years. Okay. I'm like, this, this, this right here is like a dream come true. And you said that it's it's right in the um in the neck of the woods of the hood. Tell us where exactly that is. You know, give us the address. Shout it out. Let people know. You know where they can come and look uh, for you when you open up. Um, I'm in Woman three hundred five West Seventh Street, Wilmington, Delaware, one nine eight zero one. It's called Urban Illum. We we are like in the heart, almost in the heart of West Side, the West Side of the um, city. Okay, okay. So, um, how like how how close are you to? Are, do you know JoJo? You know JoJo, right? Yeah, I know JoJo. 
That's my, that's okay. my boy. You know, he just yeah, he just opened up a, a bookstore. How close are you um, in proximity from his store? Like a mile or two. I think, no, like two miles, maybe three. Really? JoJo's on, he's dope. on the west side, too. Yeah, I, uh-huh. I just I just um, left his store the other day. And I was supposed to be there. I was supposed to come through for his grand opening. However, uh-huh. I got caught up busy trying to get everything in order for um, my store. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's 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 dope. Um, you know, that's dope that you guys are bringing um, you know, books to the hood, you know, uh it's going to encourage a lot of people to pick up the books and, you know, possibly put down the guns because you already know, you know, when a lot of people in the neighborhood don't have nothing to look forward to, they uh find all types of things to get into. So hopefully that could be an encouragement to people in the neighborhood to, you know, start reading more. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's and it's something that we trying to do that um because our city is is, is 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 we're a small city but it's violent. It's been mm-hmm. these past few years like Wilmington has been up there in some of the, ranked up there in the most dangerous cities, you know. Especially these past right. few weeks, been really been really violent. You know, we've been having wow. almost a murder almost every day. Are so you kidding me? Nah, yeah, that's serious. It's a that's, shame. That's that's crazy. It's, it's I know how small um how small Delaware is because I used to live in Philly. And I used to travel to uh, Maryland all the time, and you know that little is just a short little, short little drive, <laughs> you know, from Philly yeah. uh, to Maryland, and and from you know in between that little drive in between Delaware is nothing. It's really nothing. Yeah. So that's really sad. It's really sad, you know. That's really sad. And it, and it is. It is like it's just so much that goes on. You know what I'm saying, and I and I feel ashamed. That's why I say I I I want to do this for the youth, not you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying. Also for those who try to change their life, you know that came from where I came from, or where we, a lot of us came from. But the youth, because the youth are just blinded. You know, like our generation, been in jail. Like the law's been so crazy that that they've been locking up. Like the people that was born in the '80s or was raised up in the crack era, that wind up been going to jail for years. Like, I don't have kids, but a lot of my peers do. And a lot of our kids are the ones out here doing the shooting because we did a whole bunch of time. They had no guidance. You're talking about, you're talking about children of ex-murderers or ex-robbers who's out here in the streets popping pills and syrup. Man, they out here shooting everything moving. So, mm-hmm. and, and, and it's just sad because we're trying to change all that. And it's like, I can only do it by showing them. If I can show them, if I can show them that um, this ain't this ain't the life, you know, this ain't how it is, or you're gonna wind up spending the rest of your life. Like, for instance, there's a um, there was a shooting of a store guy, of a store man, like about two weeks ago, where, mm-hmm. where one of one of the shooters is 14 years old. Wow! And they they robbed the store for 20 dollars. I wind up shooting the man, you know, shooting him in his head. So this boy, whether he was the shooter, the, the um, trigger man or not, he's 14 years old. He never really experienced life. He never even had really had sex. He's going to spend about 20 to 30 years behind bars. Yeah. So it's like 
and, and this is what this is. These are who the shooters are, especially out here. And I know it's in a mm-hmm. lot in a, in a lot of other cities also. These shoot these mm-hmm. shooters are. It's true. Thirteen, fourteen, twelve, sixteen. Like two years ago, they arrested like thirty to fifty youths, youth, thirty to fifty young guys from the range from the age of thirteen to nineteen. Thirty of them got arrested for gang affiliation and homicides. At least five of them was charged with more more than one homicide. And it was crazy because I knew some of the kids there. I was like, yeah, I was just talking to this young boy. I was trying to school him the right way. He got That's two terrible. murders. I, I didn't even see That's that. terrible. Over. Yeah, because, I mean, if he did it or didn't, but, the, you know, uh, they have nothing to do. The kids are, are being given um, guns. They're not given anything else to do, you know, but right. commit. Illegal acting. Hello? Yeah. Hello? You hear me? I can hear you now. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. That's all right. Yeah, but it's terrible. It is. And, and, and I know I know in this city here, they stopped a lot of summer youth programs. They don't. They used to have a um summer a summer basketball league. They don't have no more for them. They stopped. They cut a whole bunch of the summer youth jobs. So and then the schools. And that's another thing. The state really teaching the kids. When I was incarcerated the last time, I was on a um unit where it was an educational unit. So I was there as, as one of the tutors. I was going to take college courses and things like that. A lot of these youths, you know, and, and a lot of kids that came over, they was like 18. majority of the population was young from the age of 18 to maybe 21. A lot of them didn't even have an eighth grade reading level. Wow. So it was, it was, it was, it was, the education That's level in the schools is just passing them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they because have they no don't hope. Have, you know, they have no hope. Exactly. They have no hope. So, you know. Is at the end of the day, we can't look to our oppressors to make a change. We have to. We have to be the change. You are the change. You see, you're doing something different. You know, you're about to bring something new to the community, something that's going to be uplifting and positive. You know, and giving the the children something that they can look forward to, and, and give them the inspiration. To know that it's more to it than picking up guns, joining gangs, you know, killing people. Because at the end of the day, you're supposed to know this too. And when, I didn't even ask you this, but when you're doing time, you're doing time by yourself, right? Those homeboys yes, and, and, and everybody that was, you know, out there with you, you know, when you were in the streets and living the life that you're living. You know, more than likely, if you have support, it's going to be family. It's not going to be those friends. So, you know, you got to think about that, you know, think about yeah. that. And it, it's unfortunate. It's just an unfortunate situation. So I just, you know, yeah. I'm always trying to encourage people, you know, try. let's try to do something. Let's be the change that, that we talk about. Let's not ask for change. Be the change that we speak about, you know. Yeah, we can't ask them for help. We can't ask the I learned this a while ago. Can't ask the government for help, man. 
not too much. We've been doing this on our own. We go. We we're not mm-hmm. we're not going around asking for too much help. We're at, we're doing this on our own to show them that we could do this. We don't need them to help us. We can help ourselves. We have to be willing to want to. You know, mm-hmm. have to be willing. And, and a lot of like you said, you just said a lot of these young boys don't know when they get behind on bars. It's just them. The mm-hmm. only people they got is their moms or their mm-hmm. grandmoms. You know what I'm saying? You know, like your boys gonna keep on living. Maybe once in a while they might send you some money or answer your call, but like that's ninety out of nine out of a hundred out of a that's like five percent of people may have some boys that look out. The other ninety five man is real. You ain't you can't expect for your girlfriend or anybody else really mm-hmm. to be there for you, but your family, because life still mm-hmm. has to move on. And especially your boys, they're going to keep on moving. Not even going to think about you. Right. And that, that's how. That's what it is, man. Half of the boys probably put life. them in there. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah, that's like so that. true. And like, a lot of these young don't realize they have their boys. They say this is the gang, gang. They're gang, gang. They're doing this. They're doing that. But yet, when thirty of them get Charged, twenty five of them are telling. And they find they find out how real it is in behind on walls. Mm-hmm. When you locked down, like I know here, I haven't been locked up anywhere else, but I know here, the jail, the county jail, is locked down all day. You're not coming out, but maybe once or twice a day. Mm-hmm. And when you locked in that cell and you got two other inmates in the cell that's no bigger than your bathroom. You got to watch them piss and shit right there next to you where you sleep at. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, you got one on the floor and two bunks. It gets real. Mm-hmm. You got dog food. You got food that you wouldn't even feed your dog coming to you. It's real. They don't realize that until they get in there. Yeah. And then they start telling. Then they start violating their own code. Mm-hmm. You start violating that, and then you tell it, and then now you like, oh, this person told on me, but yourself in that situation. Yep. Not they even don't realize that. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, thinking, thinking, oh man, this is this is my this is my man, this is my bro, this is gang gang. We riding with each other. Yeah, you just shot somebody for your man over a little cell phone beef or a Facebook or Twitter beef. And you just shot and killed somebody, and your man just told on you. So now you're looking at life, a life sentence. You know, didn't so even it's see it coming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they didn't even see it coming. Cause they misguided. They don't. They, they don't know. They don't know. And then when they get behind there, it's not. I tell the youth. I tell a lot of them, man. This is not like the juvenile hall. Juvenile hall. Y'all can eat all day long. Y'all get like four different options for breakfast alone. You can have pancakes or French toast. That is not happening in the county jail. You're getting one French toast, two sausages, and that's it. Call it a day. You you might get court sandwiches for uh, lunch. Stop it. Like, you have no options. Yeah. Yeah, it's so true. Oh, boy. But uh, yeah, it's it's you know we we just gotta we just gotta try to be better. We gotta do the the right thing and try to uplift each other. Be uh, the voice uh, that we want to hear in our communities. You know, um, so 
just try your best, you know, while you're out there, just try to preach the same thing that we're talking about now, you know, uh, uh, you know, inspiring others to do the same thing that you're doing. Because at the end of the day, it's not even about competition. I mean, you, you could be on the same block as me, pushing the same thing that I'm pushing. And guess what? We could still make money because guess what? At the end of the day, it's not about what you're selling. It's about your heart. If your heart is in the right place and all you care about is just being successful, you're not supposed to worry about what another person is doing and, and their no. success. They can't stop you unless their intentions is bad, you know. But if you focus on what you're doing, you know, you, you, you can definitely uh, be successful. So I try to tell people that all the time, you know, don't don't be uh, discouraged, you know, be encouraged. You know, don't look mm. at me and what I'm doing and feel like you can't do it because you don't know what I had to go through, you know. It may not have been that hard, you know. And that's how I look. I don't look at, comp- I don't look at having a competition. Because I've tried to create my own lane. I don't want to be nobody's competition. Nobody's my competition. If anything, I'm trying to help everybody. You know, right. I want to help and encourage everybody. You know, I mean, at the end of the day, there's still going to be some people that are not going to see the see the way that me and you may see it. You know, mm-hmm. and that's just on them. You know, but at the end of the day, if I, like you said, if we keep moving, if we see it the way we see it, if we keep moving in that lane, and we try to mm-hmm. stay in our own lane and, and do it the way we want to do it, there's no, there's no way that can stop us, you know. Like, in, in everything that we do to try to be successful, it's always going to be obstacles. It's always going to be roadblocks. Yeah. It's always how we how we handle them situations mm-hmm. to determine our success. Success is not growing overnight. You know, none of the billionaires they have they have it overnight. They make a billion dollars overnight. Jay Z nah. ain't make that money he got overnight. They put work nah. in. You better they first started, it. Yeah, they first started had trunks full of CDs. Now look at him. He's damn near a billionaire. It takes that, time and it takes hard truth. work and dedication. Yeah, that's know. the truth about it. Um, I want to go to the switchboard. Uh, I see a lot of callers calling in. Um, you guys are. Listening in to Kelly Kim, the boss, and our special guest tonight, Cornell Amir. Uh, you know, if you want to talk to myself or my special guest, press number one, or if you just want to shoot the breeze and say hello, press number one. I'll bring you in on the conversation. Uh, shout out to my mom. I see my mom just logged in. What's up, mom? I love you. Uh, shout out to my homeboy, L.A. Meech. Free L.A. Meech. Check the hashtag. That's my homeboy. Uh, yeah, he, he's tuned in. He's Locked away and rebellious beast, you know. Uh, very, very motivational. Um, motivational uh, speaker. This dude has so much positive things going on. You know, he's been locked away for 21 years, and you know he's uh, he's got a book about to come out. So I'm proud of him. Uh, shout out right. to you. Shout out to your Sally. Shout out to everybody that's in the California State Prison. Shout out to everybody that's. Uh, Everywhere doing time because man, we got Amir. We got a whole bunch of people from all over the world that tunes in. Our analytics tells us we got people from Europe, Canada, Jamaica, uh, right. Australia. People that are are tuning in, you know, and they love the story. So 
Um, I want, before we uh, end the show, I want to give you the opportunity to let people know again where they can find you on social media as well as where they can purchase your books. Um, you can find me on Facebook as Cornell Amir Garvin, Instagram at Amir Garvin, Snapchat mm-hmm. at Amir Garvin, Twitter at Cornell Amir Garv, that's the G-A-R all together. Um, and you can purchase my book on Amazon. You can purchase the first book on Amazon and ebook. You can purchase the ebooks on Nook. Um, Tia knows there's it's a lot of other um links where my own ebook is is is, is at. Oh, your my, book. I think, I think I know. Yeah, I think you're on the uh, ebooks to library as well, right? So your books are available at all of the uh, library. Um, Libraries in the country, right? I can't think so. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's what the yeah. ebook. Shout out yeah, I don't know the Tia. ebook. Shout out to yeah, shout, yeah, Tia, shout out to uh, Tia, uh, DC Book Diva. You know, she's the she's the connection when it comes down to this distribution. You know, um, man. Yeah. So uh, definitely, you know, I'm sure they can find your books wherever ebooks are available. So, um, yeah, man, I just want to the... thank you. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, if they're looking for the paperback for part one, they could try to find it. You could hit me up on Facebook, and there's a, a bunch of stores on the East Coast. I'm trying to get my books out there on the West Coast. Um, But just tell them to call, call the stores that ask for them. Yeah, tell them to call mm-hmm. the stores that ask for them. So that they could contact okay. me. The stores could contact me, and we could get the, we could get the ball rolling so that – Especially for those in jail. Man, I support the brothers in jail. I'm doing discounts for brothers, anybody in jail. I got serious okay. discounts for everybody, anybody in jail. Do you have a Matter website f- that they can go to? Not right this second. It's, it's, it's being developed. I had to go get a new oh, okay. website done. It's being okay. developed. But they could. Yeah, but I have PayPal, so they could definitely hit me up, and I could, I could definitely send them um, copy and not autograph into them and send it right off to them. Okay. Okay, well, I want to thank you uh, for coming on the show tonight. It was definitely a pleasure to have you on um, such an open conversation, you know. Uh, definitely um, want to, you know, leave with the uh, open invitation, you know, for you to come back on when um, your book is about to drop. I know that you're about to drop your third book as well as open up this new bookstore. So, you know, hook up with the DC Book Diva in terms of booking you so that we can get you on here when you're about to do that grant opening for the bookstore as well. Okay. Not a problem. Thank you. So and thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure for me to all be on your show. Most definitely and thank you. Thank you again for coming on. Thank you. And, and I wanna give shout out to everybody that's locked up, man. Tell them to keep their head up. You know what I'm saying? I know the struggle, so keep their head up and keep it pushing. That's what's up. So, um, yeah, uh, again, I want to thank you uh, for coming on the show. Uh, what we're going to do is we're going to take commercial break, and we'll be right back in just a few. Hugging 
What up, y'all? This is Ty Marshall, author of the Keys to the Kingdom series and my new book, Luxury and Larceny. You now listen to Love for the Lockdown Radio with your girl, Callie Kim. Tune in to Love for the Lockdown Radio each and every Sunday at 6 p.m. Pacific and 9 p.m. Eastern. Send special dedications to your loved ones behind the walls by emailing love for the lockdown radio at gmail.com or send your special dedications live by calling 347 215 8932. Again, the number is 347 215 8932. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Love for the Lockdown Radio. Are you looking to expand your distribution to libraries worldwide? Did you know readers are downloading ebooks straight to e-readers like the Kindle, Nook, and iPad from their local library? There are nearly 120,000 libraries of all kinds in the U.S. alone. Is your ebook available in this market? Would you like to have your ebook available in this market? Look no further. ULR Distribution is assisting authors and small publishers to expand in this market. For more information, send an email to urbanlitreview at yahoo.com. That's urbanlitreview at yahoo.com. And start earning in this market today. Okay, everybody, I'm back. And if you're just tuning in, this is Callie Kim, the boss on Love for the Lockdown Radio. And if you missed our interview earlier with Cornell Amir Garvin, you can always go back and check the archives. Just Look for Love for the Lockdown with Cornell Amir Garvin, and you can always listen back to uh, the show at a later time. Now, I want to give a special shout-out to everybody that's still on the switchboard, still hanging out with us, everybody that was on the chat room, everybody that was in my inbox. A special shout-out to uh, Jane Panella, our Love for the Lockdown angel. She was a logged on for quite some time. Um, She wasn't feeling well. She wanted me to uh, make sure that I told you, Cornell, that uh, she has both of your books, and she's uh, basically congratulating you uh, for being an amazing guy and much success. I'm sorry that you're feeling um, bad tonight, Jane. Much love and uh, positive energy to you. I hope you feel better. We're always praying for you. Um, Shout out to all of our love for the lockdown angels that rock with us each and every week. Shout out to all of the ladies holding their men down on Instagram, all of the prison wives, the prison girlfriends, all of the dudes holding their girls down behind the walls as well, the prison husbands, prison boyfriends. Uh, shout out to, uh, oh gosh, so many of them. Shout out to my homeboy, L.A. Meach, uh, free L.A. Meach. Uh, make sure you guys uh, check out for him. going to be dropping his book this summer. Uh, I won't release the name of the book until we uh, we release the book cover. That will be coming sometime next week, possibly next weekend. So make sure you Stay tuned to my Facebook page, Callie Kim the Boss and Love for the Lockdown. We're going to be having some special announcements on those pages, so make sure that you stay tuned in. I want to thank uh, Kenya Rivers for tuning in and listening us. That's author Kenya Rivers. She's an author. Uh, she's from my neck of the woods, from Los Angeles. Uh, she's a, a writer. Um, go check her out. She's on Facebook. 
under Kenya Rivers. Um, let's see here. Oh, I want to give a special shout-out to everybody that inboxed me about uh, coming on um, and doing interviews. I see quite a few uh, requests for interviews. If you want to, you can send your media kit. If you don't know what a media kit is, uh, it's basically uh, your bio, letting us know who you are, uh, what you want to talk about, and so on and so forth, and we'll send you our, res- our follow-up response. Um, you can send those uh, those media kits and bios to Love for the Lockdown Radio. That's L U V number four. The Locked L O C K E down at gmail dot com, or you can send it to Love for the Lockdown Radio. Spell same way at gmail dot com. Okay. Um, yes. Uh, so, uh, man, I have nothing else. Nothing else to uh, talk about right now. So, until next week, we'll be here same time, same place, doing what we do, spread enough love and positive energy to our homeboys and homegirls is locked down. Uh, I want to say special shout out to my homeboy T. That's at Ironwood State Prison. The homeboy uh, Rodney. That's locked up at Calipatria. Um, my homeboy uh, sister, she just got locked up at uh, Chowchilla. Gosh, um, yeah, special shout-out to my nephew, Sean, in a Pennsylvania State Prison. Uh, shout-out to, uh, oh, gosh, shout-out to Kim. She's locked down at Valley State Prison. Uh, Shout-out to everybody, man, that I'm connected to that's behind those walls, man. You know we do this each and every Sunday for you guys, 6 p.m. West Coast time, 9 p.m. East Coast time. So uh, as well, if, you, if you're if you not following us on uh, social media, go check us out on Instagram. That's Love for the Lockdown Radio. And on Facebook, Love for the Lockdown Radio. All right? So I'll see you guys next week. Enough love. I'm out.